This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem. Hot Boy Summer, yes, Faithful Black King. What's going on, guys? I am back after a two-week hiatus. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. I am here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, Sydney Schuler. But you guys need to know something. Something different is happening today. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. I lost one pound. <gasps> Congratulations! Okay, looking slim thick. I, I'm always slim thick. Slim thick. All right, thank you very much. That's actually not the news. We got a different host today. Mm. Who's hosting the show today? Is it Alyssa? Nope. Is it Selena? Nope. Is it me? Nope. Who is it, Sydney? The lit turn. What, what? Hey. It's Sydney who... If you guys were listening last week, Sydney was on air with us talking about something because I really don't remember. It's been a whole week. (laughs) But this week, she will be leading a conversation about how the Trump administration is trying to take food away from children. Uh, Apparently, they want to cut loopholes in SNAP, a.k.a. what we used to call food stamps. Um, So Sydney's going to be taking lead. And I know she is so she's gonna do an excellent job. All right, thank you. And this is one of the last weeks of her internship. So one of the last days kind of like sort of because we still have some content to produce and publish on her. Here anywhere. Like here. Yeah. Yes. And then you're going to the NABJ conference, right? I am next Tuesday in Miami. Yeah, the NABJ conference. Oh, you're gonna be turning all the way up. I know, I'm so excited. I'll be there for five days. Five days? That's how long the conference is Mm -hmm. in Miami? Yeah. Oh, that's lit lit. Nice. Yeah, so... Oh, I was going to say, there's also actually a really big LGBT law conference going on uh, coming up next week called Lavender Law. It's oh, like where at? Thing. It's going to be in Philadelphia this year. I'm not going, actually, but my girlfriend is going. And um, a lot of the LGBT community, lawyers go to that. So they talk about a lot of civil rights issues that affect LGBT people, um, stuff like LGBT adoptions, uh, um, you know, protecting trans people, protecting trans women of color. So, you know, um, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think registration is still open. If you're I, I and I also don't know if you need to be an attorney. I know it is a legal conference, but um, that's coming up as well. Next and why week. aren't you going, Alyssa? I'm just curious. Because it costs money and my job doesn't pay for it. Got it. Mm. You're there not you being go. sponsored. I love the color lavender. So <laughs> I support. And I love this. I love the plant lavender. So I that's a plant. Them. Oh, yeah, wow. you really didn't know this. You, like, you never scented s- things that come from a lavender plant. Okay, Stanley. you never had like a lavender vanilla candle. Well, yeah, but that like you never plant, used. No, you remember when we trash? got him that Donald Trump candle? Yeah, <laughs> it was. That. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me. Um, it smelled really bad. At least we didn't repeat yeah. that same mistake. <laughs> but um, speaking of that, my name is Selena Hill on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And, of course, Let Your Voice Be Heard is a show where we talk politics, social issues, a little foreign policy, a lot of trap music, and a lot of city girls, and a lot about Stanley's Hot Boy, Hot Boy Summer, summer. Um, every Sunday Excuse right here. Me, Hot Faithful Black King Summer. Thank you very much. All right? Whatever, Stanley, on yeah. WHCR 90.3. I found the voice of Harlem. Happy Sunday to everyone, and happy whatever day it may be if you are listening via podcast. Alyssa? Good morning. I'm Melissa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent. So talk legal to me. Um, and you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs or on the fan page at facebook.com slash politically preposterous. But lately, you're more likely to find me on Instagram or Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs. That's I-L-Y-S-S-A. F-U-C-H-S, if you're nasty, um, or Alyssa.Fuchs on IG. 
And Sydney, even though we kind of gave you an introduction, if you would like to formally introduce yourself, let us know where you are attending college and what it is you're majoring in. Um, okay, so hi everybody. Like Stanley and Selena said, my name is Sydney Schuler, Sydney Nicole Schuler. Um, I go to Hampton University. I'm a HU, the real HU. You Ooh, really know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm a rising junior. I go back. Mm. In just a couple weeks, so I'm really excited. This has been an amazing summer. I've learned so much. You worked a lot. You had like three jobs, Sydney. I know. I'm exhausted. Shout out to hardworking women. Yes. Thank you. Young people. Mm. Thank you. So we have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about everything from racism, racism, and then Donald Trump. Hold on. Wait, that's racism. Yeah, that's racism <laughs> as well. Um, no, there's a lot going on in the news. Um, I was away, but, you know, the news cycle does not stop. So we have a lot to unpack and talk about. Like I said, we're talking about the latest attack on SNAP. We know that Republicans have been trying for decades to get rid of the SNAP program. So we're going to take a deep dive into what it would mean for us here in 2019. I know the presidential debates part two is coming up. It is. I'm it's on so Tuesday. looking forward to that. Um, it starts on Tuesday night. I, I think it's two nights again, if I'm not mistaken. I, I oh, kind of okay. can't wait for some of these people to drop oh, out yeah. so sure. we can have like one debate because I want to see Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden and and Kamala Harris and um, Booker Bernie and Biden and Bernie Sanders, yeah. like all on the same stage and not on different stage. I keep telling you, it's like the Avengers Civil War. This is the not this. Sorry, this is like Avengers Infinity Wars when they're all fighting all over the place, and then in Endgame they all end up in the same place fighting. My question is, who's going to be Captain? I America? thought it was like the Hunger mm. Games. I thought there that, we go. I thought it was like more like the Hunger Games. That like was that, a Republican mm. one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like they're all trying to kill each other off, yeah. and then. The last person standing wins the Hunger Games. Mm. I had a chance to see some of the presidential candidates live over the past week at the National Urban League Conference. Okay, we get it. You're better than us, Lena. No, Stanley. Kamala was there. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand. And what's that new guy? Amiri. Um, ho- um, I forget his name. He's super conservative, but he's running as a Democrat. It's like 50 people. I have I no idea. Yeah, I don't know that one. Amiri. Yes. Wait. Yes. Can I interrupt for some breaking yes. news? Go ahead. Lena, your baby hair is laid to the Thank you, Stanley. You. Wait, is this a throwback to when we went to California last year? Oh, Were yes, you, you did have that good baby here in Cali. No, mm. I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, I didn't. <laughs> so instead, she took photos of me laying in sweatpants in yeah. parking lots. Yes, that had no correlation, Alyssa, but shout out to you for plugging yourself in there. Yeah, um, on buddy. That, on that note, we're going to go on a quick break, but don't go away. We're coming back to the news roundup. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. A lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and Alyssa Fuchs. But, of course, you got to make sure you put some respect on a big boss's name. When you face me, you're not facing the finisher. You're just facing the person that's blocking the master, Sidney Schuler. Big boss. Big boss. Big boss. And a little body. Let them know. You see that? Look at the drip over there to my left. You can't drip like that. You can't host like her. Speaking of dripping this, guys, this is the news roundup where we talk about your favorite things that happened throughout the week. Things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or go on Twitter and press refresh 10 times because someone told you that the Knicks traded for Devin Booker, but it was a lie, so you got excited for no reason, and now you're upset about their current roster, but I'm projecting. What? I want to talk about things that are happening <laughs> in the news this week. 
That people actually care about? No. People oh. care about the Knicks, thank you very much. The no, they are terrible. <laughs> they're not. They're a work in progress. <laughs> They've been that for so long, Stanley. Like, right. I shouldn't even talk. I don't watch basketball. Well, you know For what? this reason. The, watch. Because the Knicks haven't been good since 1994. That's not true. The Knicks were good in 2013. Really? Yeah, and 14. And a little bit of 15, but then they kind of like went down again. But anyway, that's not my point. We're not here to talk bad about my New York Knicks. I got some great hip-hop news for you. Meek Mill and Jay-Z just started Dream Chasers Records. That is amazing, it by is. the way. Meek has it a full circle, yep. 180, all about business. And he got a new, he's won his case, and he's getting a new trial for the trial that got him, for the charge that got him arrested over 12 years ago that he's still been going to prison for. But the criminal justice system is still racist, so he may still end up going to prison. That is the correct answer right there. But how do you guys feel about Dream Chasers and Meek Mill potentially being free, but probably not? Um... That's amazing. One, like, you can just see how much being released from prison um, or going through that whole unfortunate debacle a few years ago has changed him. Like, he came with a new energy, like a a, a pro-blackness about him mm-hmm. that's just, you know, teaming up with Jay-Z on something this big is mm-hmm. monumental, like, not to be looked over. So that's amazing. I'm really yeah. happy for him. And I pray that he does stay out of jail. But you and me both. Man. I know his team of lawyers is just growing bigger and stronger every day. Yeah, has he has to. great legal representation. Yeah, he's got a sure. lot of power. Remember when he mm-hmm. left prison? Um, he was flew out in a helicopter. Flued. Yeah, Fluded. he was flewed all yeah. the way out. Like, they don't play about me. Yeah, Rami. So. These white people Rami. love me. But yes. me, I speaking of power, did you guys hear what happened in Canarsie, Brooklyn? and parts of East Flatbush, where there was no power mm. last week. Uh, Con Edison yeah. turned off their power. And now the rumor is, and it seems that like Con Edison may have confirmed this, that they turned off the power in Canarsie, Brooklyn, and East Flatbush, or parts of East Flatbush, so that there wouldn't be a power outage in Williamsburg. For the who? For the, the gentrified. Mm. Yes. The gentrified. Or yes. See, originally when they came out, they said that it was that section of the power grid that was overloading and that essentially what they were trying to do was shut that part of the power grid down so that it didn't overload, so that they didn't have wider outages in the very communities where they shut it down, which, if it was true, would have been unfortunate, would but it would have at least made some sense, right? But then when you come to find out thereafter that they shut down power in predominantly black and poor neighborhoods mm-hmm. in order to make sure that power didn't come go out in predominantly white gentrified neighborhoods, that's where it becomes problematic. Because Absolutely. I think it's like we can all agree that if they needed to actually do it because they didn't want more people of color in those poor neighborhoods to actually be out of power, and that was true, then it would have made some sense. Although it also speaks bigger about why these issues are not dealt with to begin with mm-hmm. and like why it, money is not spent towards infrastructure, which yep. is sort of you know related but... You know, but it's it's that's what's so upsetting about it to one find out later that that what they said was not true. On one of the hottest days of the summer, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't in the city. I was in Albany for the weekend, so I didn't experience that. But on one of the hottest days of the summer, and there are still people without power. Wow. Um, Diana Richardson, the New York City Assemblywoman in Brooklyn, for um, parts of East Flatbush and Canarsie, has been going to neighborhoods, giving people food because their food has spoiled. Mm helping them find cooling centers because they still don't have power in their buildings. And now there are going to be some hearings at the state capitol with Con Edison because elected leaders want to know what the hell happened. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people and, need to be held accountable. And honestly, this was only the first heat wave of the summer. And they're, if they're blaming it on the heat, then, like, what's going to happen when it gets hot again? Mm. When people just get their when they just get their power back? Like, mm. that's uh, something you got to look closer at, you know? Yeah. Guys, if you want to chime into this conversation, feel free to give us a call. The number is 212-650-6903. 
zero three. Um, you zero can three. also tweet us at beheard underscore radio and keep those comments coming. Um, on Facebook Live as well. So speaking of black people, yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say something. I said coming, and I thought of Elijah oh, Cummings. Selena. No. Oh, okay. Elijah oh. Cummings. <laughs> Coming, she did that coming. Like, oh my god, there were so <laughs> many interpretations just now. Like my head is well, spinning. Well, that's what I thought. If okay. it was about sex, it wasn't coming from Selena. So uh, get yeah, your dirty hands out that of the gutter over you. here. So Selena's talking about coming and <laughs> in Baltimore, the elected leader <laughs> who Donald Trump attacked, Elijah Cummings. Sorry. Oh, I should clear myself up. Elijah Cummings, was it the congressman? Yeah, so, you know, just really quickly, so Trump has been on a roll attacking uh, Congress people of color. We mm-hmm. know a few weeks ago he attacked the squad for women of color. Now he's coming after Elijah Cummings, who represents Maryland. He called Baltimore, and I quote, a disgusting rat and rodent infested mess. And honestly, I really took to heart. I spent a lot of time in Baltimore because I have family there, so I frequent it um, pretty often. And to me, yes, Baltimore has some challenges, but to categorize that whole entire great and beautiful city as something that it's not is horrible. And to say that human beings shouldn't even like wouldn't even want to live there, and and to me. To me, what Donald Trump has been doing is just stroking the flames of racism using this loaded and coded language because we know that Baltimore and West Baltimore is largely and predominantly black. So to say that, you know, this whole area is disgusting and like the scum of the earth when you're supposed to be the president. I mean, if it was even yes, it has challenges. But what are you doing as president to try to fix that? Mm. And why do you continue to attack these black elected officials who are doing everything that they they can for these people in their communities and you're doing absolutely nothing well i i mean we all know why he's saying this right he's right. a racist and no one cares I, i'm just kind of sick of everyone being shocked and outraged when he says or does something racist when that's literally all he's ever said and done the fact of the matter is anywhere there are black people he's going to call crime infested and mm-hmm. disgusting well no mm-hmm. it's the word you know i was watching a clip i think it was on facebook i'm not it was um of a news person uh, on, cnn. on cnn yes and and went through all the ways in which donald trump uses the word infested right yep. he's and and that is the coded language that you were talking about so it's it's important that we be very clear what we mean by that is he talks about people who are infested and crime infested neighborhoods in sanctuary cities he talks about communities of color that are quote unquote crime and rat and rodent infested he talks about people being infested coming up with diseases coming up through our borders every single time he uses the word infested it is to refer to either a a black and brown community b black and brown people that are trying to cross the border seeking asylum for the most part or c communities that are not predominantly black and brown but are sanctuary cities like mm-hmm. places like LA um, where black and brown people are protected so it's 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 very clear from the constant refrain that you hear from him in using the word infested what exactly he means and it's up to the news media um, the mainstream news media it shouldn't just be us having to point this out like they should be pointing it out and I'm glad that one person did but we need mm-hmm. more of the news media to point that kind of thing out because we're going into the 2020 election and the news media is partially to blame to for propping Trump up and constantly paying attention to this kind of craziness that he spews. And this is just history repeating itself, if anything. Nixon did the same exact thing um, as he was the law and order candidate. Everything, Every time he said order, he was not talking about actual order. He was talking about, um, you know, conforming to 
white culture, white people, whatever, wherever black people were, there was no order. Now with Trump, wherever black people are, or brown people are, excuse me, um, they're infested. Like it's, you know, it is coded language, but at the same time, it's so blatantly obvious that like, I think it's just a choice to not see it between the lines. How does it make you feel? Um, a, a number of things. Like at this point, it's laughable because he, he just sounds so ignorant every time he opens his mouth. But it's like, it's real because you're, like Selena said, you're igniting the flames of real people who are already taking time bombs. So it's, you know, it's it's dangerous. Like words, like, it's dangerous. It, it is. And all he's doing is feeding his base. I mean, exactly. this gets them that. rubbed up so much because they love to hear this type of racism. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's dangerous because it's dehumanizing. It's the yeah. same kind yeah. of phraseology that mm-hmm. Hitler and people don't like to right. make that Hitler reference, but it's true. Hitler called Jewish people rodents, roaches, infested. That was the same kind of terminology you were hearing being used in Germany in the early 1930s. And what ended up happening? Eventually, Jewish people were put in ghettos and then brought to death camps um, or work camps. And well, look at what's happening now. They're they're the same people that he's calling infested are in cages. It's not Right. Again, it's not a coincidence. Well, you know, in Puerto Rico, they had a ridiculously mm. problematic leader, and they were able to get rid of him. Mm. Yep. Why can't we do that over here in the States? I think they had a lot more passion than we do, to be completely honest mm, with say you. Say more. Yeah, like, they did not hesitate. That man was over, what, in, in Europe? I think he was on vacation on some mm-hmm. cruise. Um, and I think he had all of like two days to come back and yeah. he came back to them at the airport, like mm. at least a hundred, I think over a hundred um, feminists. It's this organization called um, Primavera Feminista. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, a Puerto Rican feminist feminist group. And they met him at the airport with all the smoke, like, you know, yeah, and then he, he went to um, his office, you know, the streets were full. Like, they, they there was no hesitation, like, and they were all unified on it. But Puerto Rico is ready for the smoke. Meanwhile, we're still trying to get Mueller to come and talk, and he's beaking I'm really saying, why are we I mean, because... <laughs> and, and, over that, look, You know, for what, what it's worth, the nice governor segue. of Puerto Rico may have had a little bit, a little bit, a really tiny bit of integrity in knowing that when the people stand up like that, it's time to step down. Now, the difference between that and Donald Trump is mm. it doesn't matter how many people get up and protest or try and ask Donald Trump to step down. One, he's got a huge ego, so he's not going to do it. Two, he has absolutely no integrity. And three, half, as we talked about, as I mentioned last week when I called in and you guys talked about, Donald Trump doesn't care what anybody thinks. He still thinks that oh, the, the the tiny little 10% or 20% of people in this country that are still supporting him 25. are everybody in this country. So, you know, it doesn't, and that everybody else that hates him is all fake news. So, like, don't expect Donald Trump to have any integrity and step down well, like the governor. Donald Trump doesn't have to step down because even though the majority of people of color dislike him and most progressives dislike him, you know who he still has lots of support from? White Republicans people. and white people. White people are going nowhere for Trump. They're not leaving him. Selena? But do you think that <clears throat> now that Mueller has testified, um, certain, some people who are already calling for impeachment, they're even more charged up and pushing for the impeachment proceedings to happen. Do you guys think that it should or could go on? For what? No. Republicans are going to kill it in the Senate. Right. I, I agree. S- and I think it's going to blow back in Democrats' face. Yeah, do, do investigations. Keep getting dirt on him. Make him look really bad during the presidential election. Right. You have to beat him that way and you have to blow him out. It can't be a close race because as we have seen, white supremacy is agile and it will find ways to undermine black and brown votes. You got to beat him in, in the, ba- the ballot. I agree. And I think, excuse me, um, I, I think Mueller also know, knew that when he testified. Like, I, mm. I know a lot of uh, Democrats or a lot of people who 
would love to see Trump um, impeach. We're looking for him to be like that firecracker, like that that uh, one person who's just going to give all the info and mm-hmm. give them everything that they need to ship this man off to wherever he belongs, meaning yeah. Trump. But like the, it, it's not that simple, you yeah. know. So putting that much faith in Mueller, I think, was stupid to be um, real quick before we go to break um we got a comment via instagram live nazi curry says if trump wins again that says a lot about this country i completely agree because it's like this man is living out what he said i can shoot someone on fifth avenue and still not be held accountable mm. and it's like what else does he have to do for this country to not keep a reelect, not to reelect this bozo. Well, I mean, part of it is that the Democrats, on, on, yeah, they have to run against Trump, but they also have to tell people what they stand for. Like, run on a platform of like what you're going to do for people. And also, we have to seriously think about reforming the way in which we conduct elections in this country. Because there was an article this week in the New York Times about the electoral college breakdown, and that article said that right now, and obviously it's early, it looks like Donald Trump could theoretically lose the popular yep. vote by even more than he lost it last time and still win the election because of the Electoral like College. I said, white supremacy is agile. Guys, we're going on a quick break. I want to switch the mood a little bit with some lucky day. We'll be right back after this break. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, guess what? I'm off my hiatus. I'm back on that bull drip. You thought I was going to say ish, didn't you, Selena? I didn't. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and of course, the one, the only, the big boss, the lit turn, Sydney Schuler. And she's about to school you on the snapbacks right back now. Mm. Ooh, bars, okay. Bars, exactly. That Respect was the intro that, if I ever heard one. No, uh, I put that respect on your name. Okay, mm. Sydney. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, SNAP or food stamps uh, stands for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, which provides nutrition benefits to supplement the food budget of needy families so they can purchase healthy food and move towards self-sufficiency. On Wednesday, um, Agricultural Secretary Sony Perdue announced the Trump administration's new proposed rule for the future of food stamps in America. The proposal writes that the government will block states from giving benefits to those who would not otherwise be eligible by raising or eliminating income and asset limits. Under this new rule, the 40 states plus Washington, D.C., that show this compassion to their citizens will be forced to remove more than 3 million people from SNAP. This issue was brought to life by white Minnesota retiree Rob Understander. While working for a nonprofit organization, Understander realized that people can apply for and receive SNAP in most states based on income only and not assets. He simply could not stand for this. With his low income and extremely high assets, he applied for SNAP and notified his local newspapers and politicians as soon as he received his benefits card. He eventually spoke about his concerns in front of the Minnesota legislature and earlier this month, the House of Representatives. Last month, excuse me. Um, FYI, a person with the same same name of this man sent a letter to his local paper in 2015 demanding the state seize funding for pre-kindergarten because daycare is a responsibility of the parents and not the taxpayer, while arguing that senior care can and should be improved without the use of public funds. This is the person that um, the Trump administration has decided to get behind the citizen whose voice they have decided matters so much um, that they're willing to 
snatch food out the mouths of babes, families, poor people, people of color in this country. Um, If this proposal were enacted, what would it mean for the families who rely on the assistance in spite of their income? Wow. (laughs) Alyssa? Um, look, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but I'll just start there. And and it's even more disgusting because SNAP costs the federal government $68 billion. However, that represents less than 2% of the federal budget, um, which was for the, the federal budget, uh, last year was $4.2 trillion. Um, and it averaged costs around six. $1,800 per participant. Um, In addition, uh, the people who are eligible for SNAP, more than two-thirds of SNAP participants are families with children. A third are households with seniors or people with disabilities. Um, And the federal government, as Sydney pointed out, pays the full cost of SNAP benefits, um, but it also splits the cost of administrating the program with the states. Um, In addition, I'll also add that in order to be eligible for SNAP, you have to already be at least 130% below the poverty line, which means you have to make less than $2,252 a month or $27,000 a year for a three-person family. Um, Households with elderly or disability members don't have to meet this limit. Um, So when you actually do the math, you find out that the net monthly income or income after deductions um, have to be equal to less than $1,732 a month or $20,000 a year for a three-person family, Uh, which is to say... That's not a lot of money. <laughs> That's not a lot of money um, at all. No, I, so I wanted to say that. So the antidote that Republicans are now using to cut SNAP, um, they're saying it's based on fraud. There was this millionaire, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, in Minnesota yeah. who uh, they said was able to sign up and be eligible for SNAP some way, somehow. However, fraud in SNAP is so minimal. I think the percentage is at point. Five seven percent. That is less than zero zero five. Right zero. That is less than one percent of fraud. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Republicans have been using this false narrative of people cheating and lying to get uh, food benefits, it doesn't make sense. And I mean, it equals out to about one hundred and thirty four dollars a month. Um, That's less than what four fifty a day, a one fifty a meal. No one is lying and cheating to get a dollar fifty per meal. These people are desperate, and as Alyssa mentioned, most of them are children most of them are toddlers or in preschool that's those are the facts or elderly or disabled yes well say what you want to say about the republican party but there's a lot of people black and brown people black people who think that there are folks taking advantage of food stamps <sighs> and snap benefits i think they're wrong but they are and i know we might have a few of them who are listening to the show right now i'd love to hear your comments about this because when i go on my facebook page on a regular you see Oh, you got to be poor to get help from the government. And all these broke people who don't want to work are getting all these benefits. Meanwhile, I'm working three jobs. You see that all the time. It is not just a Republican narrative anymore. That is the dominant Mm. narrative for the world. It's a dominant worldview narrative now. Well, you know, those people or some people should give back their Christian card because I don't know any really good Christians that would want to take food out of the mouth of other people. The really good Christians I know. And that's part of the other thing is that people claim to be religious and they the people who support Donald Trump and support this claim claim to be religious in some ways. And yet, if you look at the teachings of actual Jesus, he would never be advocating for taking food, you know, away from from people. And I'm sure Selena could speak on that a little more. I mean, people who have never even been in the situation like to, to be so vocal on it is so absurd to me, just like men 
without female parts should not be speaking on abortions. People who have never been poor should not be speaking on poverty. Like there, there are so many levels to that that you will never understand. Yeah. And unless you're willing to educate yourself, shut up. Like, to be honest. <laughs> As someone who grew up poor, and I would argue is still poor, well, let's, let's talk about me growing up poor. There's a lot of shame in taking or receiving SNAP benefits. Mm. You didn't want to have it. You don't want to have, like, when when I was younger, it was still, like, the, the food stamp money, so you had a couple of dollars. Yeah. I don't want to go to the store with those, with those dollars. Then you got the card. It didn't make it much better because you felt like you were a leech on society. Mm. Most people don't even want it. They have to take it because if they don't, they can't survive. I'm, the government cheese is not good. I mean, you can make some good grilled cheese with government cheese, no, but government mm-hmm. cheese is not good. Eating Spam, you know what Spam is? It's a collection of different meats that they just process and crush together and turn into, like, this big glob of, of like, sliced meats. That's not fun to eat. People aren't doing this for fun. Did I just depress you guys? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Honestly, when you said spam, I was thinking of this. Um, not relevant. But I'm going <laughs> to go off track for a second. You guys know those ASMR videos where people eat? Yeah. Yes, yeah. The yeah. ones the ones in China eat spam with their noodles all the time. Oh, that's lit. Spam and noodles is lit. Is it? Yeah. I've never had that. But the point is but nobody actually wants to eat that unless they really, really right. have to or they're right. really poor. I mean or they're doing some kind of video. Now I, I mean I should say spam is actually popular in Hawaii. But you know, that aside, it's like to your point, <laughs> it, is, it is actually because I've, I've been there a few times. To your point, like most people would rather have lobster and steak if they can afford it, right? Oh, yeah, you know, right, like nobody wants to eat crappy food. You know, people have to eat because they have to live. But the, the even more to that point is the very people who want to take food stamps out of the mouths of people who actually need them and actually live have absolutely nothing to say when it comes to the benefits, handouts, and tax cuts. We oh, give yeah. to big corporations in this country. And that's that's the real problem is that uh, actually Nancy Pelosi said this um, earlier this week, I believe. She said this proposal perfectly showcases the Republican cynical special interest agenda that gives billion dollar handouts to big corporations. Exactly what you just said. And the wealthy few. And then steals from children, veterans, seniors and working families to make up the difference. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what's happening here. Um if the real if the real cause if the real motive you know is um to save money I, yeah to save money for who mm. cuz like what's how, how how do you weigh which is more important the the money being saved for whatever or pe- kids and families actually having sustenance like it's Great point, Sydney. Um, I just want to point out that I think it's completely hypocritical that the Republican Party is also using as a part of the narrative that they want to save money, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, they will be moving three million people off of this program in order to save money when the budget deal would increase federal spending by $50 billion in the next fiscal year. Plus, let's not forget, Trump signed a tax cut bill that would bring more than $1.5 trillion with a T in benefits to corporations and the wealthy over the next decade it's about time that they stop trying to save money on the backs of the working class and start cutting these loopholes that make millionaires and billionaires even richer uh so i have a comment on here from um mm-hmm. aunt lewis he says we see it all the time people selling food stamps or deciding not to improve their life and living off of assistance i don't believe they should get rid of it i would say it needs reform but what will they do with the money probably what would they do with the money probably build another jail or use it for war 
Yeah, I mean, because two-thirds of the budget goes to the military, basically. I mean, two-thirds of the federal budget are made up by Medicare, Medicaid, and military. Now, I honestly think we should expand Medicare and Medicaid, but that's another conversation for another day. The military says that they have too much money. Donald Trump says he wants to spend even more money on the military. In fact, he wants money to build a wall down at the southern border that everybody says won't actually prevent anybody from crossing the border illegally. So we have our priorities screwed up, and this speaks a lot about this country. This really tells you a lot about America. When people in this country, and in particular white people, would want to take food out of the mouths of black and brown children and st- in order to build walls and drop bombs on people in other countries that aren't even hurting us, then that tells you what our priorities are. And that also speaks a lot about racism in this country. And it's not as if we don't know this and we don't know what's going on because we know that America is a racist country and always has been a racist country. But it also tells you that no matter how far we start to go forward, no no matter how many, how much we tout Barack Obama being elected president, no matter how many people of color get elected to Congress, we still have a far way to go. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're going to continue this conversation after the break. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, are the voice of Harlem. I am over here being the ambassador for Sydney Schuler, the boss host. But we also have Alyssa Fuchs. And Selena Hill, what, I got what? a test for you. Pop Molly, I'm sweating. Woo! See, you, you lost some of the drip you used to have on it a couple of years ago. I know. But it's cool. We're not in our <laughs> 20s anymore, so we're not as energetic. Sydney, you are the future. Speak your truth, queen. That's, that's a great feeling. I am the future. Mm. Um, and we're back to talk about Snap. Why is the Trump administration doing this? Who will this impact? What can we do? Um, so I, I just want to ask you guys, like, how how will this change in who will be el- eligible for SNAP food stamps? How will this impact people of color, our community? So I can talk about one right now. My father. My father is 74 years old. He owns a house, but he's living off of Social Security, which is like $1,000 a month. Um, my stepmother, who lives with him, she is... She lives in that house. She helps. She co-owns that house. She's living off of her 401k, her 401k and disability, so about $2,000 a month. She qualifies for SNAP benefits right now. If this goes through, she'll lose her SNAP benefits, mm. which she can't afford to because all the money they have is going towards paying the mortgage. Wow. So this is going to have very real consequences for real people, even yeah. as close as, you know, Stanley's direct and immediate family. Yeah. Well, so, I, you know, the family members that I have who are, are also SNAP recipients, um, I'm not actually sure. I mean, if anyone could, you know, let me know, because there are some people who have like multiple children and their income does not cover all of their kids right. like in New York City like would they be um you know eligible for, to be cut so yeah i mean yeah and there's also like a program that the children would have to not the children themselves but the parents of the children would have to reapply for under Trump's new plan um which means like any free lunches they were getting they'd have to they'd be at risk of not getting those anymore um, cuz all the kids i think it's about uh like it's three hundred thousand children. Um, three hundred thousand children. Who get fr- yeah. Wow. Who get free lunches um, at school? So all of them would have to reapply for this program. Mm. Um, you know, more than two hundred fifty thousand adults who gained Medicaid coverage um, would lose it. More than one hundred fifty thousand people who buy insurance on the um, Affordable Care Act would lose it or see their health um, care subside, like, drastically, there's a lot of changes being made. It's no, 
it's no light matter. Yo, I was when I was a kid, I got free lunch, 100% mm-hmm. free lunch. I would have lost it under this. As wow. you should. That's, yeah, yeah, that's wild. I know a lot of kids who they rely on, I used to rely on that free lunch mm-hmm. all the time. Are you kidding me? I wasn't eating during the day if I didn't have oh free lunch. Oh my God. And even beyond that, it puts a lot more strain on cities and localities that want to continue to provide the benefits at the levels and non-for-profit organizations mm-hmm. that provide food for people. It can overburden soup kitchens, um, food, you know, food delivery services, um, like I said, you'll have cities like New York City, for example, that may say, uh, I can't imagine Bill de Blasio not saying this, um, w- you know, that they're going to continue to fund these programs for city kids. And that puts the strain on city taxpayers here because they're no longer getting as much money from the government um, if the state and the city have to subsidize or fill in or step in where the federal government is no longer going to be able to. But, you know, another thing that I really wanted to bring up, because I think it's important to remember, is this, yes, of course, affects people of color. And there's uh, I, I do think Trump is motivated by racism. But the kind of crazy thing about it is that the majority of people in this country that get food stamps are actually white. Um, in fact, there was a study done. This is pretty recent. It's only a couple of years ago now that shows that 40 percent of the people in this country getting food stamps are poor white people. Um, Twenty five percent of people on food stamps are African-American. Ten percent are Hispanic. Two percent Asian. One percent Native American, although I actually think think that number is a little low. Um, point zero seven. I'm sorry, 0.7% of multiple races and 12% of people on food stamps, their race is unknown um, based on this polling location. So the very people that are supporting Donald Trump um, in rural areas, poor white people, are also going to be very much affected by this and they are going to see their food stamp benefits cut. And so that sort of leads back to this point that I know Stanley's made in the past, which is racism is a hell of a drug because the very people who are voting for Trump, who are supporting Trump, who are probably going to continue to support Trump in the next election, 40% of them are people that are probably going to also lose their food stamps, or at least some of those 40% of white people that get food stamps are going to lose their food stamps. And yet they will probably still go out and vote for Donald Trump because of racism. Right. And speaking of Trump, what do you guys think his motive is for this drastic change well Well, yeah i I would say you know to Alyssa's point if the people who are going to be hurt uh drastically drastically affected happen to be in his base what the heck is his motive i would Mm -hmm. say this to me when people think of snap they think of welfare and they still think of that stereotypical image of a black mother the welfare welfare queen queen. Mm -hmm. so that's what a lot of that goes uh, back to reagan right and that goes back to reagan a lot of people think welfare smooth staffs they think of black and brown people who are smooching off of government entitlement programs Mm -hmm. so when he says things like this my administration is going to get rid of the loopholes basically what he's seeing is he's giving out dog whistles to those those communities who feel like it's black and brown people who are benefiting off their tax dollars when in actuality it is the white poor people that continue to support him who are getting the most and a lot out of this government system. The goal of the Republican Party and Donald Trump is to annihilate black people and brown people. And they think that black people and brown people are the ones that are taking up all the, all the food stamps and, and SNAP benefits. So they're going after this piece right here. They're, they're cutting off their nose to spite their faces. Mm-hmm. But that just shows you just not how agile white supremacy is, but how disconnected from reality white supremacy is. Because white people are so blind to the hatred of black people and brown people. And anyone that happens to look like they might have some kind of Negro in them, they are willing to stab themselves in the face with a knife that's connected to a gun funded by the NRA that will blow their brains out just so that one <laughs> black person might not be able to get a lunch. And it's 
breathtakingly ignorant, but also really sad. So what can we do? What can we do? Yeah. Damn. I mean, honestly, there's a lot that you can do, actually. So SNAP still trickles down through each state. And I'll be honest with you. If you're in states like Kentucky, you're in trouble because in Kentucky, they you got to you gotta get a job if you want SNAP benefits. And yeah, go have, call Mitch McConnell about yeah, that. If you have disabilities, you're going to be in trouble. So you got to reach out to your elected officials, Mitch McConnell and folks like that. In New York State, holla at the Governor Cuomo, holla at Senator Schumer, Senator Gillenbrand, your elected representatives, and let them know that they need to find ways to fight this. Because since it's not a bill passed, even Trump's um, order will only have a certain amount of impact on people. There's only so much you can do through departments. If he wants to have a huge impact on people's benefits, he'll have to get it through in the vote. And that's probably not going to happen with Democrats in Congress. Mm. Fair. I, look, I, I, those are really good on the ground solutions. I'm going to go a little bigger picture, which is this. Income disparities in this country have become so pronounced that America's top 10 percent now averages more than nine times as much income as the bottom 90 percent. As I said earlier, the people in this country that really want to keep everybody poor are the corporations and the corporations are banking on racism to be able to divide poor white people from poor people of color. Americans in the top one percent are in a stunning place right now. They average over 39 times more income than people in the bottom 90 percent. That gap pales in comparison to the divide between the nation's top 0.1% and everybody else. Americans who are in the very, very, very top echelon, meaning the people who own and operate these corporations that literally run America, are taking in over 188 times more income than everybody else in this country that's in the bottom 90%. So, yes, it's important that we talk about food stamps and that we talk about how people are going to eat and the solutions that we can do. Obviously, you can make a donation to your local food bank. You can, you know, call the governor. You can do all these things. But at the end of the day, when we really need to solve in this country is the issue of income inequality, because the divide between rich white people and rich black people is actually not that great. It's the it, and, and so the corporations and the government and the people in charge are banking on the fact that if we convince poor white people that they are better off and they are more privileged than poor black people and we use their racism that we can take control and keep control in this country. And until poor people of all stripes and all shapes band together and fight back against the corporations that are continuously given loopholes and tax deductions and all these other things that allow them to stay rich, we are not going to get anywhere in this country. We have to solve the problem of income inequality. We have to focus on the bigger picture. And that is, for me, going to mean either a vote for Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders in the next election. Yeah, and, and quickly, as we wrap up this conversation, I would say to answer Sydney's question, what can we do? It's it's going to the polls. Like, you know, I, I agree with everything Stanley and Alyssa already said, but I'm at the place now where I do not care who is on the blue ticket. I am voting against Trump, and I need more of us to start thinking like this. No candidate is perfect, and I keep hearing people like, oh, you know, I don't really feel anyone. Like, they want to make this emotional connection mm-hmm. It's not about emotions. We're not going to get another Barack Obama. He was the perfect candidate at the perfect time. That's not happening again, in my opinion, not in our lifetime. We need to vote based on principle and policy. And they may not be the most charismatic. They may not be able to talk in sound bites. But we need to vote for a Democrat at this point because... If we don't, we're going to get another four years of Trump and we're going to get even more cuts to snap and we're going to get even more things that are going to happen and hurt marginalized communities. So Marianne Williamson is who we should vote for. Stop it, Stanley. She'll be better than Trump. She would be. Honestly, um, I do agree with what all of you guys have said. Going to the polls is the only thing to do. 
um, at this point, but it's going to all of the polls, your your local polls, yep. your state polls, and then your country polls as well. Like it's you know this this issue with SNAP, it's affecting the states in a in a horrible way, just like it's affecting its people. You know, so I feel like at this point, um, it's going to be up to the local elected officials to really ride for the constituents. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to thank Sydney again for hosting this segment and interning with us over the past summer. Uh, I want to thank everyone who listened via Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Thank you so much for your comments and engagement. And, of course, guys, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so on our Patreon uh, dot com a website that's patreon.com slash be heard radio that is our subscription site and by becoming a subscriber you will support us and we will continue to support the issues and the causes that you care about bye sydney <laughs> on that note bye to everyone until next sunday this is let your voice be heard <laughs>